It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. one. Well, the only country that comes up with a name for fun, crack, it's blackguarding, it's scutting, it's no harm. 55 euros straight out of my account. So they have my money and I have no test. Sad time for all these people and it's always a good-hearted person to change them. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P. Hey, oh yeah, I got you one day, lads. I had loads of people on to me last week when I was away, when I put up my pictures in the morning of my coffee and my book and the sea and the sun and all those lovely things. (laughs) Please bring some of that home with you. And I said to one woman one morning after she commented on my page, I said, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Well, I got you a day of it, right? I got you a day of it. Yesterday turned out to be a glorious day. Scorcher, it was yesterday. I, unfortunately, I can't oblige now. So I got to see one day. Will that do? That's like bringing back a stick of rock for the whole city and county from Lanzarote. So so that's the best I could do for you. This is not looking good for the next while. Alan up in Carly Weather. I think the poor man is in the depths of depression now from bringing us bad news for the last few weeks. It just... They're talking in Britain of the thing warming up, the weather warming up drastically over the next few days. They were predicting today a high of 28 in some parts of South West England, that sort of thing. Whether any of it will ever reach us uh, is is still uh, up for guesswork. How and ever, I got you. So there you go now. Remember when you say PJ never gave us nothing. What did he ever give me? I gave you the day sunshine. I brought back a day, back a day sunshine from my holidays for each and every single single one of you. I know, I'm messing. Good morning. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text or WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Came back yesterday and had a conversation with Michael Donovan from the VFI about the state of play in the industry, particularly within the pubs that do food and indeed the restaurant trade in general because of the VAT which will go back from 9% to 13.5% at the end of this month and it's a done deal that Doyle would have to meet to turn it over the pubs and the and the restauranteurs are begging for it to be retained because it's a 50% increase in the VAT rate and that's going to put the price of your fish and chips 
your steak and chips, your pizza. You can put the price of anything you want, your eggs benedict for breakfast. It's going to put it all up again at the end of the month as if things weren't dear enough already. And it is putting pressure on many people, including Barry McLaughlin from the wonderful Poachers in Bandon and Place. I've been a couple of times, Barry, not as often as I would love to have been, but um, you're there and you're and you're trading along, but it's getting tough. Morning. Morning, PJ. You've written an open letter to the Minister for Finance, Michael McGrath, and what do you want him to do? Well, uh, I suppose I, I, uh, I, I wrote him a letter in the last few days, uh, it, it, I suppose, with the upcoming planned VAT increase, um, not just to do with restaurants, but other, other, other businesses as well. Uh, it was two-pronged, I suppose it was to do with the VAT, but it was also to do with the state of, uh, of you know, how difficult it is for small businesses in general. Uh, small street businesses, now rate-paying businesses mm. in towns, villages and cities throughout Ireland, uh, how difficult it's been for them, particularly, um, you know, since the recession hit in 2008. Uh, you had obviously a seismic event. It was very difficult for the whole country. And, um, you know, uh, ultimately we, we got through it. Um, and while that was a difficult period and, and, and uh, you know, motivation and incentive to open a business during that period was understandably low, uh, unfortunately, this, the situation since then ha- has stayed the same. Uh, people have not been motivated to open small street businesses to the same scale or number uh, in towns, villages and cities in Ireland and, and hereby in, ensuring, um, you know, closed buildings, uh, lack of choice. Uh, and, and we have to ask a reason why. Why is that? Um, and, and, you know, we have to ask the government that question. Why is it that people don't, uh, have the incentive or motivation to open a small business mm. as much anymore. Yeah. I mean, the country is is uh, officially booming, but that's not what the uh, evidence is on the ground, apparently, in in, in all these places throughout yeah. the country. Like putting up the VAT from the 9% back to 13.5%, the minister's take on this is, well, it was an emergency measure to do with the pandemic. Now the pandemic is over and we go back to where we were beforehand. But then we still have yeah. one of the highest VAT rates in the whole of the EU on a bit of food. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's true. And, um, okay, so so just, to, just I suppose, to challenge the, 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 the analogy, or sorry, the, the, the thinking that the emergency is over. Um, unfortunately, you know, COVID finished officially, uh, you know, from a, you know, from the government support point of view in May 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge amount of businesses in our industry have not recovered to yeah. 2019 pre-pandemic levels. Uh, and so, so you know, when, when, when they, they are facts, you know, there, there are exceptions. There, maybe in, in some of the cities, uh, in certain parts of the cities, they're, they're, they're trading pretty well. But um, definitely in our experience and many other colleagues of mine uh, here in West Cork w- would tell you that, you know, it, it's taken its time and it's slow. It's a slow burner. People have got out of habit. But also on top of that, I'd have actually been quite confident coming out of COVID because I think there was pent up demand and whatever. But unfortunately, we we uh, we entered into a cost of living issue and uh, where prices have increased enormously uh, for everybody. And for the first time ever, actually, food inflation became a really uh, serious matter. Um, so so prices have already been going up. 
um, reluctantly. Nobody wants to put them up. Uh, people are very aware of, you know, people spend their hard-earned money uh, and you're putting up prices. It's, it, but it's it's impossible to ignore. I mean, I give you an example, BJ. Mm-hmm. Farmed salmon, right? Now, wild salmon is just impossible to get. It's virtually impossible. You really haven't been able to put that in the menu for the bones of 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but farmed salmon, as an example of a product, went up 80% last year 80 percent no i'd love to know why that is but it's just an example of one of the items and we all know about the energy and uh and 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 the other the other inflationary items that that have happened so so for the minister to to claim or to put purport the, the the argument that you know the emergency is over i i we, we there's a huge amount of people in our business that would strongly disagree with that yeah um and so the consequence of the VAT going up 50%, you're absolutely right. So if a person's paying, if a business is paying 10,000 10, euro VAT every two months, that goes up to 15,000. Uh, See, that, you know, that, that's what to... people, I think, Barry, that's, and mm. having been away for the last two and a half weeks and had an mm. opportunity to meet so many Irish people running businesses over in Lanzarote, it would scare you how many actually, and many of them mm. are back around, and just talking to them about the cost of doing business. And 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 you know, look, one fella said to me, he's all right. You've just paid twenty quid for your lunch, and you and, and you had a point with it, and your wife had lunch too, right? I take, yeah. I take, I take unbelievably more back off that twenty quid here than I ever did in Cork, and there's a minimum wage here. There's no value. You're not, you're making very little of my fish and chips. Am mm-hmm. I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So at the end Absolutely. of the, any any. Yeah, any 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 restaurant or f- food operator will tell you that the, the you know the the, the, the margin on uh, the, 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 there's profit if you if you if you're, maybe if you're selling lots of drinks. Yeah. Uh, the food the food element is so labour intensive that um, it's it's you know it, it it's difficult to make uh, to make high margins on it. So and that's always been the way you know. So but but that's the, the way people operate when they go out. They, you know they do they do get a, a drink or two or yeah. eat more in some cases or whatever when, when if there's a, a celebration or whatever, and uh, that that's that 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 helps things along. But uh, but ultimately, the worry I'd have and the worry the industry would have is that you know the VAT goes up. We're already in. People are tightening the belts. There's recessionary behaviour, understandably, because uh, you know things. Th- people are watching their pennies because things have gone up, yeah. uh, and they see they see our industry having to put up prices because of that increase. And there, there's a tipping point, and we need to be very careful of that. There's an awful lot of people working in our industry, and uh, you know we've got to be very, very, very mindful. And also, yeah. and the bigger picture for tourists. They do not find Ireland good value already, um, particularly now with the recent inflation. We're going to, we're, we're going to put that up even further. There's the thing. It's, it's, you mentioned that. It does that. not make sense. The tur- tourists coming in from overseas, I'm thinking particularly of Americans. There was always the impression, I think, that, well, the Americans come here and they're coming here with money to spend and they'll spend it while they're here, so you make hay while the sun shines. Is that true? Was it ever true? Well, um, Americans, uh, we 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 love having them. Um, we don't. It was fantastic when I suppose when the flight used to come into Cork, we used to, we used to see a lot of them. Yeah. Um, they're probably. We probably don't see much of them in Bandon as maybe Kinsale, Clarny, sure, Cove, that sure. kind of thing. But um, but uh, they they are you know they 
they're they're great. You know, when they come, they they're here to have a good time, just like just like you know our, our European counterparts or the English, the English, the Scottish, the Welsh. There, they're, they're great. They're, you know, they're like ourselves. They want they want to have a good time. They want mm. to see the place. They want to you know. So uh, they're so welcome. And um, <laughs> well, but unfortunately, our, our worry with them, uh, you know, you, you uh, buying purchasing PJs, you know, is emotional. And and if you feel that. You know the, the the experience doesn't you know the price doesn't uh, doesn't match up to the experience in terms of the prices. Um, you know if you feel you know you've paid overpaid for something, you don't feel good about it. Yeah. So that's 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 where we're heading. Yeah. How are things in Bandon, Barry? Uh, in general, across ah, listen, the town. Bandon, Bandon, Bandon is a town is 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 undergoing and coming to the end of of a, an enormous amount of capital expenditure. Um. Capital project, capital, capital in, infrastructural product projects um, that are absolutely fantastic. I mean, we've a flood relief scheme that has been done. Uh, we've a new water sewage system which allows us to expand as a town and 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 build more houses. Uh, and that's that's really good, and we're really grateful for those systems to be put in. Now they need it to be because yeah. you know obviously Bandon has a history of flooding and oh, uh, and all that. And 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 currently, what's under being undertaken in the centre of town is um, uh, a T prep, which is basically an, an upgrade of the the look of the centre of the town aesthetically, mm-hmm. which is badly needed because all, again, all these all these works will ever be done. Any mm. town will tell you, Clannacilty can sail, uh, and so forth. They, they'll tell you that they are impactful negatively. Mm when the works are being done. Funny, funny, funny that, issue. I was driving through Bandon only a couple of weeks ago. I was on the way down to my dentist in, in Clon and it was early on a, a nice, very nice, bright Saturday morning. And I thought, all right, there's an effort going in here to make the place look pretty, even though there's yeah. a lot of work going on. There's effort going yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, fantastic. Like you, on the way into Bandon, there's fantastic wildflowers now. Yes, on, lovely. On both sides on the way in, they look fantastic. New playground on the right-hand side, which is a fantastic addition to the community. Uh, we fantastic clubs, businesses, brilliant people, you know, really honest people. And, um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm living here all my life and I yeah. and I love it. And I, 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 I'd never want to move, you know. Um, yeah. So, so uh, but like, I suppose, you know, I suppose that's what kind of moved me to to, to write to the minister. You know, there there is there's probably watching on for quite a long time. Um, uh, you know, particularly in the business commercial ecosystem of the town, and 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 I I see this in many other towns. I pass through many other towns. Um, you know, the, those ecosystems have changed enormously in recent decades, and it's really it's, it's really difficult to predict where things are headed. Um, but the difficulties the small street independent businesses have. They're actually existential, and 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 I'm really confused as to why there isn't a reaction yeah. uh, from government in particular. I think the media could be better on it as well. PJ, I'm okay. really grateful yeah. for you. Take the for floor. Take the floor now. Tell me where we're getting yeah. it wrong, because I know well, people I just, say we're getting it wrong. Well, I, so so okay. So like I said, there the commercial ecosystems um, have changed, right? And so what's different now? Okay, so to go back 20, 25 years ago. People have gone to four different shops to get four different specialist products. They've gone to meat, veg, you know, fish, you know, whatever. They buy them all at different shops. So that's that's changed. And we, it's very difficult to do something about that. Like supermarkets are, uh, you know, have taken over in 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 in, in many ways. That they've, they've, they've convenience. They have huge range of products, but online has 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 become uh, much bigger than it than it was initially. Um, Lack of parking, 
casual traders, uh, lack of available funding, they're all items, and I've nothing against any of them uh, yeah. at all. They're they're there, they're a reality, uh, but they're, they're, they have all eked away or chipped away at the vibrancy of, of street businesses and towns, villages and, and cities. And uh, uh, meanwhile, you know, they're, they're, these businesses, the responsibilities that they have in terms of fiscal, with, with, with taxes, uh, compliance, uh, and so on, have, have increased. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, 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 being hit on one side, but 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 having having more financial responsibilities on the other, mm. and uh, I I don't I don't get why there isn't you know more of a more of an energy coming from government. And I think they've done a lot of good things. I'm not, you know, actually I'm not here to be, uh, to, 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 to be given out. I think that's, uh, that's, that's an easy, that's a soft target, but like, yeah. I, 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 I'd like them to consider, uh, maybe that, you know, why, why aren't people interested in setting up a small business anymore? That used to be a really, nice thing to do yeah or nice thing to aspire to and it's not there anymore yeah and why is that there's an enormous amount of people employed in in these businesses throughout the towns they contribute hugely to their communities um they you know um they they provide places for people to meet in towns they uh, that's where you get the news i i'd wonder uh, you know if if they if they if they go or if you know it gets worse, what will we be left with? I, I don't yeah. think we'll have much soul in the centre of our towns, villages, and cities. Let me talk to you about so, actually something about comes up here quite frequently on the programme. And look, it's 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 grist to our mill when someone sends in a receipt from somewhere. Um, and I just want to yeah. ask you if, as a person who's actually in the trade, uh, to get a little bit of balance on this. So so somebody is sending me in a receipt that says they were charged uh, 90 cents for a scoop of cream or 65 cents for a drop of oat milk for a latte or a little tiny pot of extra sauce, 135. Now, they're outraged. And I'm kind of saying Mm -hmm. it does look a bit mad. So as someone who's actually in the trade, do you know? Yeah, like, you know... Remember some some of the businesses that 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 feel they need to do that might be might be small coffee shops and that and they, they like they they their take on a day mightn't be that huge you yeah. know and and they like I'll give you an example we we used to always we used to always you know if someone was bringing in a birthday cake to us yeah. um, over the years. Um, and over like for first twelve years of business, we 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 cut them up, we added cream, we put them on plates, we yeah. brought them to the table, washed up, whatever, and we didn't charge for it. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it, we can't we can't do that anymore. You know, there there is a there is a cost to some of these things that, um, you know, you are making the cream, you are putting it in a little ramekin, you are delivering it to the table, you're taking it away, you're washing it up, it, it like. Listen, I get it. If it's if the charge is too much, then that's I get it. It's yeah. it's, it's it's frustrating. But there's a the thing now: birthday but, cake. I don't yeah, think anybody I, would. I, I would. I, 
I would just I would just I would just be careful of judging um, a, a, a small business. Okay. Uh, you know, a very small business okay. that, you know, like, if if they're clearly flying it and there's there's loads happening and they're, uh, you know, I I I be just careful how, of the circumstances okay. there. Okay. Uh, you know, no, I, 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 I asked yeah. that question kind of in, in a bid to educate myself and and, and maybe balance mm. it a little bit, Barry, because I get yeah. outraged when I see people. I think I'm there on people's behalf. You know, I see mm. someone getting charge 65 cents for oat milk in a latte and I'm thinking that oat milk came out of a carton which came out of a crate which was probably bought in the cash and carry for an awful lot less mm. than item and I'm thinking that's 65 cents raw profit yeah uh, so oat milk uh, is actually <laughs> we, we used to never have oat milk until a few weeks ago so uh, people it's popular now sir it's popular it. now <laughs> yeah yeah it is yeah, I hate the stuff by the way I hate this yeah, stuff. I'd rather, I, you know, I, there's other things I'd rather drink, and I won't mention it on the air. I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I, I know very little about it, but uh, what I, I, I guess is that there's a there's a price difference between the the oat milk and the and 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 the light milk. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And I, I, I'm guessing that's where it may be coming from in that case. You're saying you know, be, I, be, I be, be mindful. Have your yeah, have your yeah, moment of outrage. So. Have your moment so, of outrage, you know, but be mindful. It's not, uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that's what I probably probably say, you know. And then we don't listen. We don't, you know. Mistakes are made, you know. It can happen, and yeah. and you know, you can, you, you your judgment can be wrong on occasion, and that's why, you know, when you implement a policy, you're really you have to keep your ear out as to how people how it's going down with people. Yeah. But ultimately, they're introduced for. For, for, with good intentions and, yeah. and for good reason, there is a cost involved to um, to, to to your you know the, the reason why you're adding on something you know to the bill. Okay, all right. Listen, Barry, pleasure yeah. to talk to you and continued right. success with with poachers. Yeah. A fine a fine place to eat. Um, as it's been a number of years since I was there. What fabulous place, poachers! Just as you go into Bandon, coming in from the clan side, it's down there in a little sink in the road. Want a good bite of grub? In you go. Barry and his team will look after you. Barry McLaughlin from Poachers, who has written a letter to the Minister for Finance. And the only thing I would say, my, Michael McGrath is by by profession an accountant. And in fact, right up to the level of financial controller. So he's kind of the financial controller of the country now. So he's got all these businesses right to go, Minister, Minister, you're, you're crucifying us here. So... Uh, Whatever happens with this VAT rate, I do not know. I do not know. But let's let's maybe look for a second. I I and I'll always take your receipts. If you think you're being ridden roughshod uh, with a receipt, uh, give it to me, and we'll have a look at it. Do you know. But I'm also interested in having a two sided conversation. So someone like Barry and the the oat milk. Yes, it is dearer. Yes, I would rather drink. Oh God Almighty! But it's popular. But I still think sixty-five cents to put it up a vote making a latte is 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 it's a bit OTT. But that's the thing; businesses are struggling, and they've got VAT rates coming up at the end of the month. They're going to go up by fifty percent. Fifty percent. Now think about it: if someone told you that your income tax was going up by fifty percent, how would you feel? So VAT rates going up by fifty percent. The end of the month. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. This is the opinion line with PJ Cook. Yeah, don't stop sending me in your receipts. We'll, we'll 
you know, if you think that you're getting ridden roughshod in some place for breakfast or lunch or dinner, then send it to me. But let's also try, try from this moment forward to maybe think of people like the like Barry there down in, in Poachers who are genuinely struggling to keep themselves going with this VAT rate going up. So let's see. Let's see what happens. We'll follow it uh, as as long as it takes. Aidan Connolly down at uh, itrepairs.ie, my old pal. You've been sending me these pictures for quite some time and posting them on Twitter. That phone box, remind people again where that phone box is located because it's manky with the dirt. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, TJ. Welcome back. Um, did we, we, yeah, so it's outside the shop here, um, opposite Benetton, um, Butterbubble, and uh, outside Camera World. Now, th- this is here, um, this is derelict here for several years, at least eight years since a phone call has been made. I was just going to ask, when's the last time a phone worked in that thing? Yeah, I don't, like, I think by law, if there's one phone call made every month, it, you know, it's allowed stay there or something. Um, but there's four of them around the city, PJ. It's not just this. It's not just this one. Like, Kieran uh, uh, next door in Camera World, he's been onto a politician maybe six years ago about it. Air, air, continuously insist there's plans been made with it to turn it into a you know like a resuscitation thing or something but the, as I said this is derelict six years at least six years it's gone on seven years and there's four of them around the city there's one further down outside um, oh you know where they do those chocolates Leone does the, yes. the girls say it's 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 another one there another one in Paul Street I think uh, possibly three or four in the city. If I wanted or needed to make a phone call at any of those booths right now, do they work? I think it does. I actually think it does, but the amount of graffiti over it and everything. And when, when tourists pass by, you'd see the little ones would, would be going into it because the little ones from other countries, they don't know what it is, you know? And next thing, the parents would just give a look of disgust and a shout at the child and leave that disgusting thing alone, you know? It's, it's not good for tourism. Yeah, Fergal's telling me here that this, he passed one recently and, and it did actually work. But the smell out of them, and I don't want to put anyone off their, their late breakfast or their brunch, Aiden, but I did pass one one night as I was walking down for a bus quite late at night and there's a guy using it um, as, a, as a convenience. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know, just disgusting things altogether and... Uh, air, 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 like I, got, I asked Thomas Gould, and he, he got involved, and he, 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 he just, he, he just met a dead end, the same as whatever politician Kieran next door asked. Uh, you know, air just say they have plans, and yeah. it's just air, it's, air it's may well have plans. One, one is asking here that air may well have plans, and and that's fine, but but the council is responsible for the state of the footpath. So if that thing is causing, and it is causing, not alone an eyesore, but as I said, based on what yeah, I saw fella doing, and and you'd regularly see, and I'm sure you'd agree with me because I think you've seen it. Too, you'd regularly see drug paraphernalia, syringes, wraps yeah. inside in them. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, uh, and not only that, PJ, uh, which is shocking as well. Like, um, but there's a lack of guard presence on the street. But uh, I was talking to a, a guard sergeant, and he he said they're understaffed. Like, you know, but that's oh, yeah. that's another story. Like, but um, 
I wouldn't mind. It's the best street in Cork. Like Oliver Plunkett Street is a brilliant street. You know, it's the Grafton Street or, or, or Shop Street of Cork. Like, yeah. But there's uh, there's aggressive begging going on, which is I've been on to you about it before. Oh, indeed, it's shocking. Like people going on, people approaching approaching people on the street. Like it's just you wouldn't see it anywhere else. Like uh, for the best city in Cork, it's just shocking. Or the best city in Ireland, I mean. But um, but like. Here four years ago, PJ, or five years ago, a lady, a lady in her sixties, uh, was going around. Now she had her hand on her handbag, you know, but she was going around the phone box. And next thing, uh, slipped off the footpath and broke her ankle, and 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 landed on her face. And uh, she was in here, and uh, and uh, I gave her a bottle of water and everything until the ambulance arrived. She came back into me six months later and just to say thanks and that. But she said it was the first time she was out in six months after it. Like, you know, and if she was 10 years older, you know, could be the end of her, like, or 20 years old or whatever. You I know, know what you mean? It's, it, I think there should be a bit of a slant on the, on the, like, it's brilliant now that, they, do you remember I was on to you before that, they, 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 like, it should be commercial only until 11 a.m. Private cars are driving up until 11 a.m., but it should be commercial only because the poor couriers, they find it so hard to get a spot. But um, after five o'clock, at least the council have stopped people people driving up after after five o'clock in the evening, which is great. Hmm. But the, the, I think the, the, the actual footpaths themselves should be a tiny bit slanted or something so that, so that senior citizens or whatever people with walking disabilities or blind people wouldn't have the possibility of falling off the footpath onto yeah, the main yeah. road. And between the dirty manky phone boxes being used as toilets and God knows what else, the aggressive begging, which I, I've also uh, you know, experienced that myself up and, up and down the street. Like you quite rightly say, the finest street in our centre with some of the best restaurants and pubs dotted along it is it's not being given the love that it should be given by our city council, correct? Oh, 100%, yeah. Now, look, 100%. we all had the outdoor dining. It's a great thing. Go down the side streets off it there, the outdoor... Well, when you get weather for outdoor dining, it's great. But you have an eyesore, and a couple of them, in the middle of Oliver Plunker Street. And what did the politician do? I mean, you don't have to name the person, but... The, the local politician oh, that you said. Oh no, he was great. Yeah, he was great. He did. He did his best in Dáil Éireann. Well, who was it then? Said he met it. It was Thomas Gould. Okay, okay, he Tom. Was great. And, he, and um, Tom said he met with resistance from air. Yeah, in in he brought it up. I, I, I think he brought it up in the Dáil, but he, he met resistance from air, and he just they just said um, they, they blanked him out. They said we have plans for converting it to a, um, you know. Uh, Resuscitation thing or something. Defibrillator, you, just, a defibrillator. I see some yeah, of them converted to whole defibrillators. Fair enough, like, but. But this is this is this is like this. this is someone not come out and flipping clean it, like. Oh, I think this should just be taken away. I like. I I I I'd love to look at the records. As I say, if 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 a phone call hasn't been made in in a month, it, it should be done away with it. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. They're just a disaster. No other city. What other city in Europe would, would have them? Funny that you were asking me that. I went for a walk uh, one, on the, one of the days, on my holidays, down to where we used to stay when the kids were small, a village called Matagorda. And we came across the phone box unit where we used to come down to ring home. You know, in the days when you did that. You'd ring your, you'd ring home from holidays, bring down your coins and put them into the phone box. The phone box is gone, but it's been replaced by a lovely street light and a piece of a piece of sculpture on it. Do you know, long gone. Yeah. These things could be replaced with something nice. 
definitely. Do you know? Definitely. All right, this Nathan, good man talking to you. Uh, but Thanks, have you ever? Have you, what was it? You've never seen anyone make a phone call at the one outside your place, no? Uh, well, I, I I've seen. <laughs> maybe six years ago I've seen I'm here eight years I yeah. came to George's Key here from George's Key eight years ago I've seen maybe one fella make a phone call but it could have been a, a lively lad ringing ringing a girlfriend and hiding the wedding ring kind of a thing that was about <laughs> it <laughs> go on Aidan thank you Aidan Connolly from itrepairs.ie uh, the manky phone boxes of Cork when was the last time and there are people who would still use a phone box. When was the last time anyone listening to me right here, right now, this morning, used a phone box? Whether it be coin or card or whatever. Uh, I think we have to have some kind of a backup out there in case the mobile networks went down. I think it's required that AIR keep a certain number of facilities available to the public just in case all the networks went down but what when was the last time think now hard for me uh, when was the last time anybody listening here used an actual phone box to make an actual phone call and then if you wanted it was it working 0818-96-96-96. John reminds us, thanks John. <laughs> Thank you, John. John reminds us the pint is going up again on Monday. Yeah, this was around before I went away, Diageo sticking. And it, they make it sound like an innocuous four cents on the pint of Guinness, which is also the pint of Rockshore, pint of whatever that they're doing. It's, it sounds like a fairly innocuous four cents, but then the, to make that four cents back, the publican has to put on has to put up at least eight cents. So it becomes ten, and then ten becomes fifteen, and we are headed very, very quickly towards Ireland's first seven or Cork's first anyway. It's in Temple Bar, but to mind that, you need a mortgage to go to Temple Bar. But Cork's, excuse me, Cork's first seven euro pint isn't far away from us. Uh, we're, PJ, we're still the most expensive country to eat out in. We're very expensive to eat out in. We're not the most expensive. We're not, to be fair. Um, but we're very expensive to eat out in. Bandon's a great shopping town, PJ. Most people from Kinsale actually shop there using the super value. Uh, Niall's restaurant in the shopping centre is great, great grub. Pity it's not in Kinsale. And I'm living there all, in, all my life in Kinsale. Can't go on air. I'd be slaughtered for saying it. John, I got a breakfast roll in super value. Six euro ten. Bit of a rip-off. That sounds steep, all right. Six euro ten for a breakfast roll. Dee was on yesterday about the expensive restaurant, which thankfully we well, we asked her not to name, and there's a reason for that, whatever. This was about the, the oat milk. 65 cents for the oat milk in the latte. And Brian making the point that these are a lot of small cafes they have to make the, the, the books balance one way or the other, so maybe that's what they're doing. She said, it's not a small cafe, it's a large restaurant. So in this case, maybe some of those points don't apply. And I'll come back to more of them. Uh, Chloe O'Keefe, I feel your pain having taught my daughter to drive or at least helped her to practice while she was having her, her proper lessons. I know what you're going through. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. So Good morning. I'm, I'm Sorry, completely PJ. on your side here. 
You'd yeah, be... I'd say my father would be very, very much the same as yourself now. Yeah. He this has is... three of us, myself and my two little sisters, all yeah. learning to drive at the same time, so... Yeah, he's yeah. going great, fairly fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, if he's got any hair left, it's great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but but <laughs> like I can remember learning to drive, and it was my dad, God rest him, who who got me started on it. It was a much different Ireland then; they were far less. But the stress of learning to drive is tough. And talk to me it, about it you've, is, been, you've written yeah. about this uh, in in the mail. Yeah, what yeah. are you going through? Yes. So, well, I've most I've all my lessons done now, but um, I'm living in Limerick, even though I'm from Cork. So I'm still tipping away with the driving instructor, just because I need to keep tipping away. Do you know what I mean? With yeah. in terms of learning how to drive, um, and the piece I wrote was just about like being a learner driver on the roads, and it sometimes feels like that L plate is like a red flag to a bull. Mm-hmm. to other road users do you know what I mean now I don't think I've been subject to it as bad as what I've seen on social media but it is kind of bad like you know well, you tell me some of the things that you've come across that you've experienced well, from my own experience a lot of it is mainly just kind of I suppose being kind of overcrowded like I know now obviously when you're driving you have to keep moving but um I think as a learner driver our reactions are, are much kind of slower um and obviously like one of the main things of driving is to be quick reacting like you there's so many things you need to be doing and taking like into consideration um and it's just like overtaking or like being like really close up like the car behind um which kind of makes me nervous in the sense that like I'm still getting to grips with the brakes and accelerator and I obviously every car like you need to kind of get to grips with how sensitive your brake and your clutch are yeah. like the yeah. car I'm learning and now you only have to really tap it and you you go flying like so that it's nerve wracking you know you don't want to be causing a crash like or you don't want yeah. someone to be rear ending you <laughs> yeah it's a bit like learning to dance isn't it or learning a new dance those pedals <sighs> Yeah, I suppose it is. I wouldn't be a great dancer now, but <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, did Chloe? I'm 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 driving. I'm driving since long before you were born, girl. And we've two cars in the house, and each one, the two of them are slightly different in terms of the drive. And the one I yes. drive by in the in the week, when I sit into the other one at the weekends, I have to think about the feel of a car. So yeah. that's normal. Yes, hundred percent normal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was at home over the weekend. It was the first time I had a chance to sit in with my father yeah. and like drive in a car that didn't have pedals or didn't have my instructor. So, like, I, well, <laughs> you asked my father, he said I was terrible. I think I'm kind of looking back at it now and I think it was just that it was a different car. Mm. Um, it was slightly older. I got, the gears were a bit difficult, but I got there at the end, but it was just the accelerator and the braking clutch were like, I struggled with them over the weekend, well, but yeah. I'm hoping it's just because they were that. different cars and I think I figured out what the problems were. <laughs> oh, that'll come to you. Roundabouts. Coming up to a roundabout. Tough. It's tough, isn't it? It is tough, yeah, no, definitely, and um, but it's yeah, like, and the thing is, like, I mean, obviously, it's it's more normal than not to drive these days. Like, I'm from Limerick, as I or I'm living in Limerick, even, but I'm from Cork, so like, you know, I use public transport to get from Limerick to Cork, but it would be obviously a lot easier to you know get in a car and just go down the motorway; it'd be a lot quicker. Um, so it is a lot. Obviously, it is the norm to 
have a car and know how to drive. Um, but it doesn't make it any less scary, like, you know. Mm. You've, you, you've been there where you've stalled. The lights have gone green oh, and you've stalled the engine. Many a times, as I said, now I was with my father over the weekend and just couldn't get up the hill. Yeah. Stalled and stalled and there were tears. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we got over it. And um, the, the worst thing is stalling at the roundabout um, when there's traffic behind you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the scariest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? If that happens, the guy behind you is just going to have to flipping wait. Exactly. He was a learner one time. <laughs> I've learned it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The L plate um, should mean, give me a sec, will you? Exactly. Take a take a step back. <laughs> totally unsighted here. Totally unsighted. Like, yeah. Should we do this more like they do it in America, where where we introduce people to it in school, and you can do an awful lot of learning off the road. Do you know, I I did see something about that when I kind of first started on my journey, like, um, and I I don't think it wouldn't be, I don't think it would be a bad idea. I think it would be a great idea, definitely. Um, Like, obviously, 17 is the age that you can start learning. I'm 24 now, and there's not a day that goes by that I wish I didn't just do it at 17. Whereas if it was part of the school curriculum, obviously, it would, like, I mean, I have to do it. Um, But I suppose that's... I don't know, like, obviously, it's all well and good for me as a learner driver to say that, but then you have, you know, trying to um, get teachers that are able to teach you, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I would, it would be great, I think, to introduce something along the lines, like even, as you said, just the theory um, and, like, even putting people in the right kind of, down the right path. Like, I know YouTube now has been brilliant for me. YouTube? There's a couple of instructors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a couple of instructors around the country. Um, one is his name is Dean Tyke. Um, I was actually chatting to him a couple of weeks ago for work for Extra.ie, which is chatting about like what he thought of things, and he does YouTube videos, and they're they're brilliant. They really are. Okay, um, Chloe, help me here. How how can you teach someone to drive on a YouTube video? That's a strange one. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please it, tell it, me, and I know you don't. It, Please it, tell me you haven't got YouTube I, on in the car. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, no, I wish. <laughs> well, I don't wish, actually. <laughs> no, nothing like that. But, like, like there's a lot of theory. And then, but he also has, like, uh, graphs that he can explain. Like, he'd have a roundabout and he shows where your car is and what lane it should be going into. And, like, here, like, he does, here's the top three things you need to know going through a roundabout. It's, it is brilliant. Like, I know it's it seems a bit unorthodox, but... It's it's fantastic. Yeah. So your message, Chloe, to drivers, experienced drivers who've been on the road a few years, from someone who is just getting the hang of it now. Your message. I would I would just like a little bit of patience. <laughs> just just a little bit. Mm. I understand it's it, I understand it must be very irritating being behind someone that is conking the car, but being so close to us or like beeping the horn or being you know visibly irritated does not help it's going to make me conk even more do you know yeah it is going to make it worse and what's more they were there themselves once exactly yeah everyone started somewhere I know though like obviously it becomes such second nature you do forget the first time you get into the car but 
everyone was there. <laughs> all right. Chloe, listen, good talking to you and good luck with it, with the rest okay. of it, all right? Good luck. And we'll talk when you get your full licence and get it, you will, girl. I will, of course. Take Thanks care. See ya. Bye-bye. 0818 One incident with uh, with Jem one afternoon. We were in Douglas and she was... Uh, we'd picked her brother up from daycare and I said, right, you drive home now. She goes, oh, okay. So we came up to the finger post roundabout in Douglas. Everybody knows it. And trying to get onto it is a flipping nightmare, particularly if you're coming down past the veterinary surgery there. It's a nightmare trying to get onto it. So she stalled. Then she stalled again. And then she started to panic a little bit. And I said, it's all right. We'll go again. Then she stalled again. And then she started to panic again. And then there was a fellow blowing the horn behind. And she said, Dad, will you take over? I said, no, I'm not taking over. We're going to do this. Nine times she stole the car. And on the tenth time, she got away. And she did the roundabout perfectly. And she has never stalled since. You have to enter the... She says to me, he's going to get out. I said, if he does, he'll be dealing with me. So there. 0818 96 96 96. But there should be a way to learn the basics off the road like they do in America. I think we, I really do agree with that. Courts 96 FM. Yeah, I must say, I always feel for people like Chloe in the situation she's in learning to drive. Is one thing I remember from my youth is learning to drive. And my dad, God rest him, was a magnificent teacher. But of course, he, he, well, he had learned to drive a squad car when he was in the guards. He was a marvellous driver and, a, and a, an incredible teacher. Uh, and we bonded behind the wheel, as it were, in, in learning the, the, the skills. But he insisted then that I go to an actual instructor before I, I, I did my, my driving test. But I do remember the nervousness. Hill starts, reverse, turning around a corner. I don't think I've actually ever done that. Since since I did my driving test, I've never deliberately gone into a housing estate. They still do this. I've never deliberately gone into a housing estate and reversed around the corner of a grassy verge. I can't remember ever having to do it since I did it in the driving test. But that's why I failed my first driving test. I did my second driving test actually in a van. Because I did a lot of driving of vans back then. And my little car was a van. And I got around on the mirrors. Because if you... Anyway, I'm... On, Digressing here. The driving test is tough. Uh, someone says here, I'd say 80% of experienced drivers would fail the test if they did it now. PJ should try it. I've no intentions of trying it because I probably would. I probably would. Uh, so it's tough. And if you see someone with a nail plate on, on the car, just give them a second. Just give them a second. All right. Um, but be nice because remember what it was like when you stalled the car going onto the to the roundabout. Remember one thing I did of a Sunday morning, we was kind of practicing on a Sunday morning myself and, and Jem. And I used to bring her around on a Sunday morning when they were quiet. I used to bring her around places that would be busy during the week. So one of my favorite things to do was to bring her up the back of Sunday's well. So come on Sunday's well sort of from the from the Lee Fields side. And we drive up through Sundays. Well, you know how flipping narrow it is up there by St. Vincent's Church? And I say, right, just as you go past the church, there's a fella going to come charging up here in a huge truck that's too wide for the road and he's going to be coming like the hammers of hell. So you need to drive like he's coming. She said, but he's not coming. I said, yeah, but he will be one day. So that's what that's how we did it. 
That is how we did it. 0818969696. I lived in Australia for nine years, says a caller. I like the way they do it there. First, you get a weekend course and a test in the rules of the road about driving under the influence and stuff like that. Then you can either do a driving test similar to here or, I like this one, you can do a competencies route. You do about 25 lessons. Each lesson covers a competency. At the beginning, the instructor gives you an awful lot of support. Towards the end, he backs off and backs off and lets you do more and more yourself. And all along the process, he signs off on these 25 competencies. And when you've signed off on all your lessons, you are a fully qualified driver. I like that. I like that. That's a clever way of doing things. 0818969696, we can come back to it. On phone boxes briefly, Frank says a defibrillator in an old phone box would be great. They're, they're ideal for it. There's actually one, I think, if, if I'm wrong, someone will ring and tell me, but the phone box, as you go into Carrigaline there by, by Janeville, that big housing estate there, there's a phone box, or what used to be a phone box, I think they've a defibrillator in it. I think there's a couple more uh, that the Lions Club have supplied. Anyway, I digress and need to get on to a lot of business. The Cashless Society returns and been away for two and a half weeks in a place where they'll willingly take both of you. I think I saw one pub, or was it two pubs? Two small, tiny, uh, one was a Scottish place, other was an English place. Neither of them sort of enticed me in anyway. They said they wouldn't take card, uh, only cash. Uh, And then most, pretty much everywhere, took both card and cash. And I paid a lot of cash and I used a lot of card, I used my phone a lot. I just felt easy about it. I just made a choice. What am I going to pay for my lunch here with cash, with card, whatever. The National Ploughing Championships is the latest major event to be in, ensconced in a row over cashless society. Now, they've rolled back a little bit on originally they weren't going to take any cash at the stalls going in or at the doors of the gates going in to the National Ploughing Championship. Not too sure what's happening inside with various stalls and stands and things where you can buy stuff. But Jackie Flannery from the Irish Rural Association. Um, Jackie, they have rolled back a bit initially on taking cash at the stalls. Is that enough for you? Good morning. Good morning, PJ, and your listeners, and thanks for having us on. Um, I suppose the whole debate really uh, on this occasion in relation to the ploughing championship really came came from uh, Cork County Council itself and Councillor Frank Roach bringing up the issue, um, uh, the independent councillor, bringing up the issue at at Cork because he was getting that information. And Cork County Council basically uh, agreed to write to the National Ploughing Association requesting that. So if you go into the the, the ploughing championship, championship uh, site, you will actually see how you can actually book your tickets. So if you want to go to the ploughing championship on any day and you look, farming been farming, there could be a cow cabin, the silage could be going on, anything can be going on. But if you book your ticket, let's just say for the Thursday, Mm-hmm. You will have to print up your ticket or screen screenshot the barcode or whatever. Uh, and the p- tickets purchased are, are non-refundable. So 
following the 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 Clark County Council um, letter going to the planning championship, we were getting several several questions, several queries in relation to the whole cash system, and I'd like to maybe bring that on a little bit further when we're, we're sort of getting through this. Please, so please. we decided actually to ring the plowing uh, championships, uh, and we rang them on the eighth, and um, we, we basically asked them what the procedure was, and we were kind of told that due to the health and safety, and and they were working with Leash County Council that. Uh, they have been advised that there will be an option to pay cash at the gate but you cannot be guaranteed entry because it may be sold out and uh, further seeking clarification that we asked uh, you know is it all gates or one gate so it will not be all gates it will be one gate that will be handling cash and that will be a gate that will be highlighted as a cash payment area but basically people arrive at their own risk so we talked about yeah, so we talked about we talked about the fact about the pre-booking and the cards and that it doesn't suit people, quite a lot of people in rural areas. I don't have a card myself. I don't want to have a card myself because, I, like I said, I'll go to that in a few minutes. But the, the lady I was speaking to now, very nice and very helpful, you know, came up with the, the scenario that the ticket department are great and what they can do to facilitate people like that is if they ring up, they can get their tickets, send on a check or money order for payment and the girls can post the tickets out to them. Um, but at the end of the day, this whole cashless thing is still... It's still not good enough. And again, moving moving forward uh, in relation to the whole digitalization, that's only one part. I mean, with the help of God, a lot of us will be heading for Tullamore on Sunday. There's no issues there. You know, there's a lot of issues, as you mentioned there, when you were on your holidays. People want uh, an option. They want cash. They want to be able to use cash in their businesses to provide their services. They want it in their pockets. And indeed, again, yeah, one of your own independent TDs in Cork, who is a member of the Rural Independents, last March brought a motion forward in the Dáil to protect the cash as legal tender, and that was Michael Collins. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, now that was passed unopposed. But basically, what we're looking at here in in the bigger picture. Irish banks and financial institutions are leading this agenda towards a cashless society. Yeah. And the sad part about it is it's government policy and they're supporting it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're supporting the objective of the banks. Well, 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 Michael McGrath, Minister for Finance, recently, I don't have the clip to hand now, but I did play it a couple <clears> of times. He was recently interviewed by Katie O'Keefe from the newsroom here and she put it to him because if you know, if you know this, Jackie, in Italy now, they must... offer the option of cash up to a certain transaction level and Minister Mm -hmm. McGrath was seemed to be in the clip we played I don't have it to hand just now but he he seemed very positively disposed to if 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 it becomes necessary to legislate for the taking of cash he will do that Mm -hmm. and it has to be in our opinion and that's the that's the feelings that we're getting from people that we're communicating with through our social media through meeting and greeting people, is that there has to be a dual option. Mm. You have to be able to use cash in this country because, <clears throat> as I said, people, people in, and particularly in rural Ireland, you know, they talk about being digital. We don't have an adequate broadband service. 
we don't have everybody that has the plastic card, be it a debit card, be it a credit card, be it whatever. And at the end of the day, you know, this whole area from a cashless society in the digital age is coming from the European Commission. And these rules are, are there. What they're suggesting is that these rules are there that will further improve consumer protection and competition in the electronic payments. And it will empower consumers to share their data in a secure way yeah. and that they get a wider range and better, cheaper financial products and services. But what we're seeing on the other hand is that it will be closing our banks that you will actually be, as we know at the moment, um, you go into banks and you're using a machine to withdraw. You're using a machine to to uh, get a bank statement. You're using a machine to lodge. But again, if you look at the bigger picture in the EU, electronic payments in the moment have been constantly growing and that have reached $240 trillion in value in 2021. Uh-huh. And that has risen from 184 Point two trillion in 2017. So, who is actually going to make the money here? Yeah. It's the banks. Can I explore? We have something a very, very short. Can I explore something with you for a second? You mentioned to me a, a minute or two ago that you said yourself you don't have a card and and you have no no desire for for a card. Now, I'm not going to ask you your age, Jackie, unless you want to tell me. But, but, like, why don't you want a card? <clears throat> well, I will tell you why I don't want a card, PJ, because I don't feel safe because, sadly, I did have a card because I had a business for years and it was handy in the sense of, of paying my, my, uh, my uh, expenses and stuff like that. But I actually had the experience of having my account hacked and I lost thousands. Now, the other sad part and, and people aren't aware of it, according to Merchant's uh, Machine, is that Ireland is top of the list for credit card fraud in this country, mm-hmm. in, in Europe. Yeah, 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 out yeah. of out of the, the research they've done in 19 countries, um, the highest amount of money, let's just look at the figures again, a thousand cards, they're losing 5,145 euros every month, right? So break that down a little bit further. So 88 people out of every thousand inhabitants become the victims of credit card fraud which is the highest amount compared with the other countries on, on the list, which means for every 1,000 inhabitants, almost 8,000 is stolen by fraudsters. Yeah. That is why I don't want a card, because I don't feel safe. That is one thing. It is also discriminatory to actually shove myself or anybody else who wishes to continue to use cash in my life uh, to, to, to have to do this. And it seems to be a situation that we are being again dictated by Europe and people have to take stand to actually fight this. I mean, we are becoming a minority society in the sense of what is happening in Europe, in in my opinion, Mm. because Everything is coming from Europe. Our MEPs are there. And and, and again, this is this is what brought it up. And and we shared our post from one of the MEPs, where he said basically that, that, you know, we have to have the option of cash until legislation is put in place. But what they haven't done is come back to the people of Ireland, the rural people of Ireland. Yes, the young people will tap and go. Mm. But as this digitalization, PJ, will happen, there'll be more and more charges coming on every time they tap. So somewhere along the lines, you will be averaging out depending on your taps, 500, 600 euros a year for your tap, yeah, right? There, there was a that tap tax. There was, there was talk of a tap tax. I remember there was talk of a tap there tax. Will be, there will, you can be sure there will be a tap tax. Yeah. 
And not alone that, as I said, you know, what happens if you have a network problem or a network outage? I was somewhere recently, Jackie. I was at an event recently, and I won't mention the event for fear of embarrassing not the organisers, but the very nice people who were there. Yes. I was at an event, and I went to, to buy a pint, and I took out my phone to pay, and the flipping system had gone down. And I yes. said, that's all right. I said, I have cash. No, we can't actually take cash. But I said, the system's down. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you can do is, there's another bar down the end, and you can use yeah. your phone down there. I said, what would it? No, they sorted it. It was fine. But th- there's the thing. That's it. The system went down. The computer went down. The, the Wi-Fi spot went down. And the reason I was asking about the Plowing Championship was I don't know what's happening inside. I don't know whether you do, but if inside no. is cashless, like the food tents and the bars and and the people place where you might buy a service, like if that goes down, if the network goes down at the plowing championships, trade will stop. Of course, trade will stop, and it will be pandemonium, and maybe it will be a learning exercise for these people, because when we put up the, this piece of information on our post, on our page, it's a lot of negative comments that's coming forward, and it's coming forward from the people of rural Ireland, it's coming forward from, from the farmers and the agricultural society, and they're basically saying... If this is the case and they're going to be strong-minded about it and just want to keep the, the cards only and pre-booking only, then we're going to stay at home. Yeah. Let them let them have a lesson. And it will be, I, I think it will be a test case to see how events are going to happen around Ireland. Okay. And look, we have the same thing in, in the GAA circles. Again, yeah. many, many men and women that, that, that go to matches and are loyal to their respective counties, you know, have to do this. But we have to remember they don't have the facilities. So they are being discriminated against. Yeah. Anyone, you have to. It's it's essential. And people are going to have to get up and actually take their heads out of the sand, get informed as to what's happening. And that's what Irish Rural Association is about. We're there to lobby. We're there to disseminate um, all of the information for people. I see where the Farmer's Journal... And it's Jour- just not acceptable. The Farmer's Journal is reporting today that there would be big support for a farmers-based new political party, farmers-based. Uh, there's a survey in the Farmers Journal. I don't, I don't have the details of it, but it's very positively disposed towards a new party. What do you think? Uh, I think yes. I think wh- wh- whether it's it's. I would actually go on further, and I would say rural-based, because we see if you look at Dáil Éireann at the moment, you can see the rural TDs that are standing up in the Dáil and speaking. You can see the likes again of of your own TDs and the rural independents, the Matty McGraths, the 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 Danny Healy Rays, the Michael Healy Rays, the the Claire Nolans, the Richard O'Donoghue's, and Michael Collins. You can also see the man from a scholar, Ross Collin, Michael Fitzmaurice. You can see those people that are standing up and it's only a small few and they have to be getting frustrated and they are getting frustrated because they're not getting support in the doll. Are, are you naming out these people who might be the people to start a party, you're suggesting, Jackie? Well, seemingly, I mean, what we're looking at in the media situation is we know that that the rural independents, there are three independent groups in Dollar. Yes. There's the regional independent group, there's the rural independent group, and there's the independent group. So 
We already know that the rural independents are are negotiating and talking to people. We also already know that Michael Fitzmaurice has clearly put it out there that he's looking for people to run as independents. And and now we're looking at at, at the, the the poll in the in the farmers' yeah, but that, journal. That, that's a bunch of independents running sort of under an umbrella. In in Holland, in the Netherlands, they've actually formed a party. They brought all these people together under one umbrella and they've run as a party. Yes. Um, and that is going to take an awful lot of negotiating and an awful lot of work to bring people all on a like-minded, um, a like-minded agenda. But rural TDs are definitely more people are needed from a rural side of things. And I mean the word rural independence as, yeah. as they are independent of, of any political party. There is a mess of need there because we can see that from a point of view as, as a lobby group that when you go to Dollar and or if you want to get something into, let's just say, the Joint Ag Committee or any of the other committees that may be there. Now, we're very, very lucky and we're very, very thankful that we can actually get our stuff in there. But you can actually see the frustration of these few rural TDs that are bringing up rural issues, that are bringing up farming issues. And when it comes to the crunch, and even going back to the rural independence motion there to protect the protection of cash as legal tenor, that was passed unopposed. Thanks be to God, it was passed unopposed. But there's a lot of work to be done to that to actually get it to the next stage. But the the government whip, the government whip is what's ruining uh, our political system in-house. Because while you have your your TDs coming down to their constituencies and they're meeting Mary Kate in their constituency office and Paddy Joe on the various issues, whether it's urban or rural, and they're saying, oh, yeah, 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 we can do that. I can sort that out for you. And, you know, whether it's an agricultural issue or a housing issue or a health issue, but yet, if something comes up in Dáil Éireann, they have to vote with the government whip. And that is where the serious problem is. But you know what I said? People I think are going to have... I'm a political nerd, which is, and I'll be wrapped with the knuckles here for going down this road, but still. A fellow who does that, right, who's a member of a party, let's not mention any party at all, but it comes down to his constituency clinic at the weekend, and he says to you, ah, yes, Jackie, I'll take care of that. Or, consider it done, Ben, consider it done by... And he goes up there mm-hmm. and he says, I have a load of constituents and we're not, vo- I'm not voting for that. Oh, yes, you are, bye. No, I'm not voting Correct. for you. Oh, yes, you are, bye. Like, I'm yeah. not vo- that system means that he's sitting in his clinic on a Saturday morning lying to you because he knows he Correct. can't do it. Correct. Correct. And that is the big issue. And I think that is why people of this country are so aggravated, so annoyed, frustrated, because that is what they're seeing. They're seeing their their TDs doing that Saturday morning or their constituency work, saying everything will be okay. Uh, Yeah, go to the doll and vote with the the respective parties. But the, the point that these guys and girls are going to have to remember is they're going to have to face the people in the not too distant future. Yeah. And I think that is going to be a very interesting situation. I think I think we're going to have, we'll probably have, hmm, I don't know, we'll probably have the, the um, council elections first unless we're, we're hearing local rumblings. Local and European we're hearing for May, rumblings. May, May 2024 is local and European. Yeah. 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 So so unless we have a general election before that, we will see a very interesting scenario at local elections to see what's going to happen and who's going to stand. And I think that the rural our rural brethren are only are only It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Their mouths are watering at the prospect of it. So what's happened, to come back to where we started, Jackie, what's happened with the ploughing is that they have rolled back a bit for some health and safety reason. There will be a cash gate, but there's no guarantee if you walk up with your cash that you'll actually get in. Correct. That, that is what, that's basically what they've said. There will, there will be an option to pay cash on the gate, but you cannot be guaranteed entry as it may be sold out. And if, if it's at the cash gate, the gate will be handling cash, will be highlighted, but people are arriving at their own risk. And that is what, as I said, I have been told by a member of the, 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 the team on the 8th of the 8th. So you've uh, driven up from your week. farm in deepest wet Cork, you've driven up from your little farm, you've made all these provisions for the day, you couldn't book a, t- a ticket because you didn't know whether you'd get cover or availability or whatever. You get into your little car at half six in the morning, you drive up, you go to all that trouble and you get to the gate, uh, sorry. That, okay. is, that is the possibility. Yeah. That right. is the possibility. Jackie, good talking to you. Thanks very much. That is uh, Jackie Flannery from the Irish Rural Association. We covered a lot of ground there. We covered an awful lot of ground. But again, it comes back to the whole argument about a cashless society. I think there's been a real divide, a certain age divide. The the digital natives, as I would call them, the under 20s, the under 25s maybe, the under 20, definitely the under 20s, look as a fellow like me or anybody else rolling off cash and they think old people and their money. No, that's precious cash. Um, And they don't care about going cashless in society. But I think a lot of people do. Um, I, I must say I had that experience on holidays. I carried my phone everywhere so I'd be able to pay off of that. I brought my wallet out the evening and I had a combination of either cash or my cards and I decided literally on the spot what I wanted to pay with on any particular evening in any particular place Um, and I felt brilliant at having that choice And but I'm increasingly seeing places now going in card payments only, card payments only Uh, Ryanair 
Ryanair's all card now, and their desk at the airport, if you have to do a baggage charge, that's card only now. Um, but still, it's, it's not happy with this at all. Not happy with it. 0818 96 96 96. We got this uh, rather disturbing email about a lady who went to buy a dress. And when she took the dress home, it was the wrong size. And what they didn't say to her when she tried to return the dress and get a different size, she actually had to go to the doctor out of the stress of what they said to her. Join the conversation! Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. text to say she just paid 350 for an Americano to take away in a small coffee shop in town. Yeah, coffee, takeaway coffee has gone wicked expensive. Wicked. I don't buy takeaway coffee. Very rarely anyway. Very rarely would I buy uh, takeaway coffee. But it is gone expensive. Um, yeah. What's Barry talking about? This is Barry and Ben. What's Barry talking about? I bet it would be impossible to get a table for dinner this weekend at any of the popular restaurants. You think? They're packed... My husband was charged eighteen fifty recently for a fry. Wow. Uh, I agree the cost... Paul says, I agree the cost of everything is ridiculous for both business and personal. My partner and I and two kids can't go out for a meal now for much less than 100 quid. With regards to VAT, do businesses not claim this back on their purchases? And that's from Paul, who reminds me that the breakfast of 1850 didn't even include tea or toast. Well, that certainly is a bit OTT. 18.50 for breakfast. That doesn't include tea and a slice of toast. That's, 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 yeah. And someone else then go on to say that they were out recently and got those you know those little jams in the square? Uh, two little portions of jam. The ones in the rectangular plastic thing. It wasn't even an ice jam either. A wholesale own brand. And I was charged 80 cents for two of them. I don't know how much they actually cost. They're not free, those little things. They come out of a big box, but they're not free. Obviously, they're not. And they're bought at the cash and carry. I wonder how much they actually cost. I often thought how you'd get around that. Something I used to see long ago traveling. Um, Maybe it's been worked into the bill now. When you sit down for dinner, when you were away, uh, if in Spain or France or something, you'd see this where the bill comes out, and if you only had couple of cups of tea uh, and, and a sandwich there was covers involved so it used to be I'd say a euro per cover that covered anything then for your extra salt your extra sauce your extra whatever yeah that's expensive though 0818 96 96 96 right let's get to this one this came in a couple of days ago and I know Gareth was very busy uh, on Saturday so didn't get to it Hi guys, I just wanted to uh, let you know of an event that happened to my aunt and I want you to warn people that they don't end up in this situation. Now we're not mentioning where this happened for reasons that will become evident. My auntie bought a dress from a certain boutique last week. When she got home she realised the dress was a small bit big. So she went back to swap it for a smaller size, as I'm sure we've all done. The owner of the shop 
happened to be working at the time and became very hostile. She asked my aunt, was she for real? And said she needed to get her head checked and then refused to entertain her anymore. My aunt is a 70-year-old woman with a heart condition. When she left the shop, she was so upset and stressed, she had to actually stop in a, ne- a shop nearby and sit down to take a minute. And she was told by the staff there that this happens regularly with the owner of the boutique. She got so distressed, she had to go to the doctor. Today, I rang the shop and got on to the owner. She demanded to know who I was, refused to answer why the dress couldn't be swapped, refused to discuss why my aunt was treated this way, and actually threatened me with the guards for picking up the phone. Good God. The young lady who originally sold my aunt the dress had told her at the time, this is the clincher here, if there was any issues, she could bring it back. When my aunt said this to the owner, she was called a liar. Now, there are some horrific reviews on Google about the service at this boutique, but this surely isn't how anyone should be spoken to, and most certainly not a customer by a so-called business professional. I mean, if you're selling clothes, if you're selling clothes in different sizes, and you take home a dress or a pair of jeans or whatever, a short, whatever, and, you know, it doesn't fit properly or whatever, you have your receipt, you go back the next day, and you change it for the different size. It should be the most simple transaction in the world. But in this particular case, no way was they changing the dress and go and get your head examined, was the general attitude from the owner of the shop. <laughs> we know what the shop, we just can't name it at the moment um, for, for, for certain reasons. 0818. 96, 96, 96. 0818969696. That'll annoy some people. On prices, I totally get it. This is on the phone. I totally get it that it's hard on restaurants, but there's price hiking going on too. It's human nature, and it's very hard for us to tell which places genuinely need the extra few quid and which of them are just being greedy. There are some cafe owners on the breadline. And there are some driving marks. As a consumer, most of the time, you don't know the difference. Another thing, places are cutting the quality of what you get, and that is a big letdown. If you've been looking forward to a coffee and a cake at the end of your bit of shopping. Sometimes what I get is so bad, I go to another place just to perk myself up a bit. But that's only if I can afford it. Yeah, quality, quantity, portion sizes have gone down. Certainly, if you're having fish and chips now, you're getting less chips. You are getting less chips. Trust me, I often go for fish and chips with the expert, my boy, who is the expert on fish and chips. And he says, Dad, I didn't get as much chips last time. You know what I mean? Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I'll come back to that. Now, Faye Negonal, tell me what is a sober Sally? Because I have come across many of these groups, and some of them are a bit stuff short. But yours don't seem that way. Morning. <laughs> Good morning. How are you keeping? How are you doing? Um, so basically, a Sober Sally, she's just a pal. Um, sober Sally's is just a group that I set up in Galway City, and it's just for people to get out and get meeting new people without the pressure of always having to be drinking. You like a drink yourself? Yeah, like I, I would take a drink. And I think like it's a very common, um, I remember when I set it up, a load of people were like, 
oh, I was going to invite you out, but you're not drinking. And oh, I, you know, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to mention I was having a pint. And it's it's not that I'm telling people you need to live this teetotal lifestyle and, you know, never, ever drink again. Drinking is so bad for you. I'm just saying that I know myself, I felt the pressures of constantly having to be drinking. And I, I would always use the excuse of, oh, I'm going out, I'm meeting new people to go and drink. So then I was like, well, why don't I just make it so that people can go out and meet new people without having to drink. Mm. So maybe it was a, a selfish decision, but uh, I've not regretted it anyway. You know, when you're meeting new people, mm. do, do, would you would you have a drink or two sort of to ease the conversation a bit? Well, do you know what it, it, I felt it was, was that there was never an alternative to not drinking. Like, of course, I can go to the cinema with my friends that I already have and I can go and, you know, do stuff without drinking with my friends that I already have. But to meet new people, there's no just resource where you can just walk up and just be like, oh, well, you know, it always has to be, oh, I was in the pub and I met her. or I was out on a night out and I met her and da-da-da-da-da. So I just thought that the the outlet wasn't there for people to just get out, meet new people without having to be drinking and having to be in the pub. Yeah. Now, you used to work in a pub. Then you went to work in a in a sandwich bar. You're a recent graduate. Congratulations, I believe, are in order of much. the University of Guadalupe. What did you graduate in? What's your... Um, law, English and Performing Arts. Oh, crikey. I'll be careful around you. Busy lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your, your first event, when you got this idea, the first event was a book swap. Yeah. How did that go? So that was basically... It was, it, was, it was gas. So basically, I had dragged my friend along. I kind of, you know, forced her to be part of this silly idea. And we were working together in the sandwich shop. And I was like, it's just going to be us sitting in Air Square. It's just going to be us. And then there was something like 30 people, I think. And I was like, this is bonkers. Like, I'm literally just a girl that made an Instagram page. I wasn't expecting any sort of turnout, you know. But it's it was just interesting to see that the, you know, the want was there. Like, there was one woman that came and brought her baby. And, like, there was younger people, older people. It was just like, you know. It was crackers to see, and it was really, really. It kind of warmed my warmed my heart a little bit. And it came for the idea. Book swaps are are popular anyway, mm. but they came for was yeah. were, were they drawn to it by the fact there was no drink involved? Yeah, like say there was some people at it that you know are completely teetotal. There's people that I know that I've met on nights out that I'm like I've definitely had a pint with you. <laughs> mm. So it is it is like a great mix as well, and you know even. I had a questionnaire up on the Instagram the other day and people were like, can I bring friends that aren't sober? And it's like, of course, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to set up this little, you know, alcohol-free click. It's just I want people to get out and be able to meet people. That's it. <laughs> why, why do I get the impression, Faye, that you didn't celebrate your graduation with a glass of water? <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's why I like talking to you about this this kind of thing. You've interest, I know you're Galway-based and the first one was in Air Square. You've had interest, I think, from Cork. We have, yeah, and I'm, I'm really like I would, I would love to see it set up there in, in you know, the real capital. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I would, like I would, anyone who's, you know, even thought this could maybe be an okay idea, I'm more than happy to share all the information and resources I have because I know that I knew a girl that set up one over in um, Vancouver, and I harassed her. I was like, and what did you do for this? And what did you do for this? And how did you do this? So, you know, I'm more than happy to share with anyone if they if there was ever an interest. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to gatekeep. <laughs> Would you ever think you're doing an event in Cork? I'd love to. I've only been to Cork the one time and it was great. It was there like about two months ago. Right. Um, I, I would love to. And like that, if, if there was ever an interest there, I'm more than happy to help out and more than happy to be the person that facilitates that, of course. Well, here's the thing. What if you did 
Have a think about this. Have a think about this. Um, try and organise something in Cork, and we'll plug the hell out of it for you. How's that? Wow, that'd be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Because really appreciate that. Uh, there is, there are groups around like yours, but they're very. As I said, I found them a bit stuffy. Do you know when you talk mm. to them? They say, "Oh God, no! Drink is awful. We need we need a way to socialise without drink." That's not what you're saying. No, not at all. I think like it's it's. Listen, I could go on for hours and hours and hours about the issues that Ireland has with drinking, but you know, I'm not saying you need to never ever drink again and never ever go to the pub again and never ever. Yeah, it's just another some thing people to do. Just don't want to be drinking every single night. Yes, and that's all. Yes, yes, and. Okay, well, let's see what you can set up. Um, come back to us if you do. Sober Sally. <laughs> I love the name. Sober <laughs> Sally. <laughs> Fanny so set up Sober Sally in Galway. And we've given her a little challenge now. Gets, and if you, if you find her on Instagram, find it there, follow them, and see if we can't uh, get something set up in Cork. If someone was, thanks, thanks, Faye. Somebody was on here before my holidays given out about the, the references that I tend to make to a pint or a jar from time to time and, and saying I talk about drink too much. Maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe I do. Um, but I... I <laughs> oh, stop it, will you? 0818 96 96 96. So now I'm promoting sober stuff. Uh, where am I? Oh, yeah. Michael, on email. Thanks, Michael. Uh, opinion 96 Let me be the devil's advocate here. A case can be made to continue reduced VAT in relation to the restaurants, etc., etc. But let us look at the other side. Many families are presently struggling to put basic food items on the table just to feed the children. And that's on top of clothing and utility, etc. I think eating out or even a coffee out would be a non-runner for those people. No disrespect intended here. I suggest these unfortunate people are really struggling and eating out would be a luxury for many of them. So on that basis, they may see the increase in VAT as being justified. That's interesting. Just my thoughts on the matter. So Michael, you're saying it's someone who can't, I wonder why they might, but someone who can't afford to even go for coffee and a sandwich uh, because they literally are trying to put food on the table at home they don't, is it that they wouldn't care about the pubs and the restaurants and their problems or they'd say, well, good enough on you now. It is interesting. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for a very broad ranging discussion on this uh, this morning. Costa Coffee, 4.40 for a medium takeaway coffee in Killarney. I didn't realise it would be so expensive. I didn't check the price. I won't be caught again. No, that's that's heavy. And it, like, it, You don't say what kind of a coffee it was. Like, I would take an Americano um, as my basic and 440 from Americano. No, wow, that's that's pushing it. That's pushing it. Um, I wonder, do business think when we pay the higher prices that people are just accepting the increase? Being Irish and being as we are, we don't often check the price list each time we buy something. Then we kind of feel it's our fault and we say nothing. But in our heads, we're saying we can't go back. I think a lot of these businesses will notice reduced turnover in the coming months. No hate here. I'm not giving out to anyone. It's just money is very tight. I'd love to support local jobs, but I just can't. Sarah, 4 50 for a coffee in a local shop for me 
I used to get coffee every morning. Now I'm getting it twice a week. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather give my money to the coffee shop than the big chains. But it's gone a bit far with prices now for simple little things. Yeah, yeah. It's that that that's very pricey. That is very pricey. Very pricey indeed. Uh, driving tests, PJ. I'm thirty years driving, but I was taking it very slow, negotiating the new Dunkettle interchange, and just kept getting beeped at. Says Anne. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of beeping going on. A bit of aggressive beeping. On the ploughing, it's time everyone going. This is interesting. It's time everyone going had a ticket beforehand because of health and safety, crowd control. One could arrive at the gate and be told they're booked out. No one can prove that. It's easy to ring up and pay by credit card and they'll post out a ticket if you haven't any IT skills. Those going by some coaches might have an entry ticket included in the price. I wouldn't arrive without a ticket. You couldn't arrive at most concerts without a ticket. And be aware of scams online also around ploughing tickets. Scammers are everywhere these days. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing about booking in advance for something like the ploughing, you see, it's very different. Okay, if, if a concert is advertised for the marquee for next summer, and the tickets come out on a particular day, and you go and you buy your tickets. Well, that's fine. But if you're farming, and you know you'd love to go to the ploughing, but farming doesn't have a particular set routine. So day one of the ploughing, you could have a beast, a sick beast you can't leave. So you can't go up to the ploughing that morning. you got to get the vet out and get that. But then you say, right, I'll go tomorrow. You get the bit of cash, drive up. I think something, I don't know, again, I'm just, I'm in between old school and modern thinking on cash versus card. Yeah, yeah. That, that email I read from the lady about the dress, my niece spent over 200 euro on jumpers for school and she asked the girl behind the counter, well, when do you think they'll be in now? And the girl went through for a shortcut. Shortcut. I'm sick and tired of it, Chief, when people asking when things will be in. I don't know when they'll be in. Wouldn't you think I'd tell you if I did? And there was more to come. My niece works in customer service and retail, and I work myself in Rocha stores. So it's not like we don't know what it's like to be behind a counter. But really, some people shouldn't be working in that line at all. We've all had bad days. But that was a very innocent question. You're right, a very innocent question. You're spending money and you're saying, any chance you know when they might be in? Sorry, I don't. Will we contact you when they are? Now, it might be the hundredth time that morning the person behind the till has had to give that answer. But no, you don't talk to someone like that. I had to bring a tie back to pennies once. Oh, this is... Come here. You you think you're going to catch me? I had to bring a tie back to pennies once. Wrong size. They were great about it. Ha ha. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Here's a lovely little story. Um, just give it to you to cheer us up on what is turning into a fairly grotty morning. Like I said earlier on, uh, people were men- texting me last week to know and commenting on my photographs last week you know PJ could you bring some of that weather back with from your holidays I got you a day 
I got just one day yesterday, as my mother-in-law used to call it, a pet day. I hated that expression, but this morning I know exactly what she meant. Yesterday was a pure pet day. The prospects for the few days to come, not great at all. Not great. Certainly not what it should be like in August. So here's a story to brighten it up. Did you ever hear of a shtief or a shtief? Teddy bear. They're a particular little teddy bear. Cute little thing. Ugly. A sin. <laughs> a shtief. Teddy bear. Uh, S-T-E-I-F-F. Shtief or shtief. Someone will tell me I'm wrong. But a woman called Janet Davies and her son, Kyle, bought one at a car boot sale. Kyle had seen it and says, I think that's a shtief teddy bear. The owner was an elderly lady who was just clearing out some junk. So it was all at a, a car boot sale in Wales in June. And her son, Kyle, said, I think that's I think that's a shtief or a shtief. So he bought it and another bear for £130 sterling. His poor mother nearly had a stroke when he was paid 130 quid for two teddy bears. But his hunch was right because it goes on sale at Hanson's Auctioneers in Derbyshire on the 16th of August, Elvis's anniversary. It goes on sale at Hanson's Auctioneers expected to fetch £6,000 sterling. Little teddy bear. Tiny little teddy bear. A shtief or a shtief teddy bear. That's good. There's a thing now. And it's more a Friday conversation, but we'll throw it out now. And if anyone has anything unusual, we will come back to it tomorrow. Um, did you ever buy anything at a car boot sale or a junk shop or a charity shop that turned out to be worth an awful lot more than you paid for it? Or have you ever been stupid enough to get rid of something valuable uh, without checking that it might be? Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, Danny McDonald or D Mac Burns is your performance name. You didn't ever expect to be living, let alone planning to get married in West Cork, did you, Danny? Morning. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. No, I didn't. I, I didn't think that was going to happen, but uh, but it's pretty amazing that it is happening. I got to say, you walked into a pub called Unbail Booked in the Bronx. Yep, yep, that's correct. I kind of grew up uh, partly in that pub, you know. It's yeah. a real community spot up there. So, uh, yeah, I walked in there and met a woman that I didn't realize would become my wife someday. Yeah, Aoife is her name. Aoife, yep. So tell me the story. You're a Bronx man. You're born and bred in the Bronx. Yeah? Have you any Irish connection uh, initially? Yeah, yeah. My uh, ancestors on both sides of my family would be would be Irish, but a good ways back. So, so not, not that close. You know, I grew up around a lot of people who would have been, uh, you know, actually from Ireland. So I wouldn't, wouldn't totally say I'm Irish, but my ancestry is Irish for sure. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And you, you gig. So it, you were gigging in on booked. Yeah, I was gigging in the pub and, uh, she was working there and, you know, I was in a relationship at the time, so I didn't really think much of it. But then, uh, over time, eventually that relationship ended, and yeah, we just started uh, started hanging out a bit, and uh, yeah, she took me back to McCroom, where I met her whole family, and uh, yeah, a lot has happened since then, you know? Uh, yeah, I guess so. How long ago was this? 
Uh, it was about five and a half years ago. So right through, right through COVID, the relationship blossomed. Here's the thing. Um, I'm told that you initially called yourself Glovers. Not what's that? Because that's a new one on me, and I try to keep up. To, I try to keep up to date, Danny. What's what are Glovers? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think it's a. Uh, it's something that uh, that we would say so we didn't have to say lovers, you know? So we didn't have to say we loved each other. We'd just say, yeah, we love each other, you know? It was like our way of, of denying the truth. But, uh, <laughs> why, why, why are we trying to deny the truth? I don't know. I guess we, we didn't want something serious. We already thought we didn't, but uh, but the universe just sort of pushed us together, you know? It did because you she was involved in, in theater and the arts and a little play. You went to see play and then you... you you, did you leave that? Did she leave that pub? Tell, fill me in on the gaps here. How you ended up spending so much time together, almost by accident, to start with? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I I ended up working at the pub. It's funny. I I worked at the pub when I was like about nineteen, and then I stopped working there. I've I've worked in pubs for much of my life, and uh, then she said, "Oh, you know, they're looking for someone to work Saturday." So I ended up working there again, and then we ended up spending a load of time together working there and then we lived in the same neighborhood and you know she'd come to my gigs and I'd go see her in plays she was in uh, some plays in like this first uh first Irish origin film festival in New York a couple times and uh yeah we just uh we just couldn't stop hanging out <laughs> at what stage did you sense this is the woman I'm going to spend the rest of my life with well I'd say uh, it kind of hit me sort of early, which is maybe why I, uh, <laughs> why if it was a little overwhelming, you know, it, it, you know, a few months in, I, I sort of had a vision of, of being in Ireland and, and having a kid over there. And it was like, is this real? I don't think so. You know? So I sort of like tried to back away, but now sure enough, here I am living in Ireland with a kid. That's right. Your daughter was born when? Uh, she was born October 9th. This, uh, 2022. 2022. And you've gone from playing in the Bale Booked in the Bronx. I think it's a great name, Bale Booked. Bale Booked, the Bronx. To, you played in Connolly's? Yeah, yeah. I, I was fortunate enough, actually, when I when I first got here, I, I met this great guy called Matthias, um, who's dating a friend of Aoife and I's. And uh, we ended up playing music together, and we started busking in Cork, and then we were busking at the Skibbereen Market, and uh, and we went out to Connolly's after we were busking to see if we could meet anyone there to try to get a gig. And sure enough, uh, Sam, who runs that place, he had been at the market and watched us busk. And he said, oh, you guys should play here sometime. So uh, so we ended up playing there in December. And then Sam actually ended up started playing drums with us. And we got a, a great bassist from uh, from Cork, this guy called Fion. And uh, we ended up playing there again uh in June, opening for this guy called Kean Finn, who's a, a great musician yeah. from Galway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've kind of had a typical, haven't you, Danny, musician's life, because it all seems to fall together for you. Or is, or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, because at one point, you went on the road driving for a rock band, and that taught you a lot about the music business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was uh, I was driving a bus actually for a reggae band. Um, all all guys from Jamaica, you know. So it was me and nine Jamaicans on a bus. It's going through the U.S. It was a uh, it was a wild experience, and they, I mean the band was incredible. Those guys are great, but I definitely felt like some of the people I met who like are on the business side of it are, uh, 
you know, it's just a, the music business is a dodgy business like anything, you know? It's a tough so, old game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you, you were away from Aoife for long periods of time, and that was kind of cementing the relationship, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, not long before uh, she became pregnant and we sort of made the decision to come over here. But, uh, yeah, it just sort of put things into perspective, you know, when, you, when you're when you on the road and, and living kind of a tough life and away from the one you love, it uh it just makes you makes you rethink things a bit, you know. Okay, so where are you living now? So we're we're living in a, a small place called Johnstown, which is kind of between Demanway and McCroom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's way out there. It's uh, for someone coming from New York City, it's about as far away as you can get from that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's an old it's an old farmhouse. So I got to chop wood and feed the range. And yeah, I've been uh, I've been taught a lot of hard lessons this past winter, but. <laughs> I've grown a lot from it, you know. Sound like you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, we got this wedding coming up and there's probably about a hundred of our people from America coming over and I'd say another hundred of Aoife's people here and it's it's just going to be wild. So You're getting married so, in a field? Yeah, yeah. A friend of ours has an event space uh, out close to the Manway and uh, so we're going to do a marquee wedding there. Jeez, I'm hoping the weather turns out, but, you know, <laughs> you can uh, you can't really bank on that, so I'd say it might be a bit of a wet affair, but that's all right. That's something you're learning, I think, Danny. That yeah. you know, at least in New York, yeah, the summers are very hot and the winters are cold, but there's a summer and there's a winter, and there's a fall and there's a spring. Whereas yeah. here, you wake up every morning and it's a different flipping season. I know, I know. You wait five minutes and it's a different season. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that? Uh, yeah, it's keeping me on my toes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. So the big the big day is when? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Well, listen, congratulations to you two. And uh, what's your little girl's name? Saoirse. Saoirse. Well, may you, the three of you, have a long and happy life together. Um, D Mac Burns. How do you get D Mac Burns out of Danny McDonald? Please tell me. Yeah, I will. Um, well, all my friends... Growing up, they used to call me D Mac because okay. I guess that was the abbreviation that for Danny can, McDonald. That, that bit I can get, yeah. I, I think it probably started from a, a coach in school or something like that, you know. Um, but uh, but then uh, my mother's maiden name is Burns, so I figured, how could I kind of pay homage to that side of the family as well with the uh, with That's the stage cool. name that I adopted? I like so that. I just put it together. I like that. I like that. Listen, I. Can't wait to catch a gig at some stage soon. We're going to see you around. Look forward to it. Best to you and best to everybody. And have a great day uh, Saturday. And when all the Americans come in for the weather, (laughs) for the gig, at the wedding, and they see this, look at that. Would you take a look at that? Help me, mama. 0818. 96, 96, 96. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Punch 96 FM. Decent sports story breaking this morning. I'm assuming it's this morning because it's just come up on my feed. Irish athlete Elizabeth Ndudi has won gold at the European Under-20 Championships for the long jump. We've never had a gold medal 
I've taken the medal of any kind in, in long jump. Well done to Elizabeth Ndudi. Uh, more on that, I expect, in sport later in the day. 0818 96 96 96. Now, we have talked about the trials and tribulations of trying to get an NCT test here for ages now. Story in the Irish Independent today that Applis, who run the NCT, have now made a gather report about a company purporting to assist you in booking your NCT for a fee. Senator Maloney's got the story. Senator, morning. What's the story here? What's happening? Thank you. Well, I'm afraid the NCT has, has fallen prey to what is a, a worldwide recognised problem of uh, people taking advantage and running parallel sites to the uh, official sites. You often see this when you're trying to book a holiday there'll be, if you put in any airline, there very often will pop up an intermediary broker yeah. uh, off, offering the same flight and so on, but charging uh, a fee. So you have, to make, you have to be doubly careful to make sure you get onto the uh, official site. Ryanair complained about this uh, a number of years ago. Um, and there, uh, similarly, in the United States, for instance, when you need an ESTA uh, to, to, as a tourist visa to make yes. a visit to the States, you have all these sites popping up and charging you a fee when the, uh, when the actual fee is, is very cheap. So that's exactly what's going on here with the NCT. There is a site based in Britain that looks exactly uh, like the Irish NCT site. And they've, they've used something called SEO, Search Engine Optimization, to ensure that they are the first site that pops up when somebody enters NCT. And they charge you 76 euros to get you a, a slot for your NCT test at the various test centers in Ireland. But then when you arrive with your car, you find that you haven't paid for your test and you have to pay an additional 55 euros. Wow. It's not very nice, is it? It it all adds up to a grand total of 131 euros for your test when you could actually just wait uh, if you'd applied on the official site and get your car looked at for 55 euros. So it's a very, very hefty fee. And the size of that fee is designed to make it look like the actual charge from the NCT itself. Uh, but they are particularly outraged by what's going on, and they've complained to on Garda Shirkana. But if you look at the fine detail on this uh, imitation site called nctservices.org, you can see that in small print and in, in white on grey that the human eye doesn't see very easily, they do admit to being an, an intermediary site. And what they do is they claim to, to act for you in speeding up uh, your booking by crawling the NCT site uh, under software program and scraping any uh, cancellations that suddenly pop up and then putting in their clients into those vacant slots faster than the human eye. Is it... It's the difficult question, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And as a journalist, you'll have looked into it before you write your story. Is it legal? Well, I've consulted lawyers on, on, on this, and all you can do at the moment is form an opinion. Um, it seems to be uh, just inside the, the legal line because they do identify themselves as intermediaries and a brokerage. But the NCT has its doubts. I mean, the, the, the operator of the NCT, APLUS, has complained to on Garda Shekhana. Um Because this site is based in Britain, uh, further questions arise because had, had the United Kingdom remained in the European Union, there, is a, uh, there are various digital services directives that could have corrected this matter. Um, the site only appears to have popped up in recent months, 
And this is an example of its sophistication. If you go onto that uh, dummy site, and I wouldn't recommend anybody does, um, there's even a Lagan Gaelga air file. <laughs> you can you you can click you can click and get a Google translation of all the NCT services. They're never the, not the, at it. They're never yeah, not at it. No. They're never not at it. But there's one tiny giveaway you'd be delighted to hear. Um, the, uh, the the same site has an English version and an Irish version, as I've just said. But the English version is delineated by a tiny little Union Jack, and ah. no Irish official site would ever carry a Union Jack, even though even though we're using the, the colonizers' language as we speak, literally. Can you imagine the outrage <laughs> if someone rang up and saw a Union Jack of the NCT? So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the NCT have got, or Apples have gone to the guards about this. Yeah. It doesn't state anywhere, does it, Senan, that you'll still have to pay you 55 quid? No, it doesn't say that anywhere. But it has all the usual bells and whistles, including contact us and a list of uh, the NCT site and so on. But there's a big arrow saying it'll only take two minutes. Book here, you know, and, and you click. By the time you've left the homepage, you're already entering your bank details and booking your... Yeah. And they do... So they take away your, your, uh, your cash base speedily. And then it's only when you, you only get the root shock when you turn up. Yeah. Because if you go to Waterford or Limerick or Dublin or Arklow, as in the case of uh, um, people I have interviewed for the, uh, for the story in the Irish Independent today... Um, you will be charged that additional €55. Euros. So it's a real case of caveat emptor, yeah. as, they, as they said since Roman times. Let yeah. the buyer beware. I, I'm, the, 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 law, the law on tort, it's a long time since I read any of it, but I would have thought, Senan, I would have thought to, them, to be operating correctly, they should tell you you'll still have to pay your NCT fee. Well, you're getting sort of into, a, uh, an, into legal questions now, yeah. and uh, I suppose in the digital age you'd have to call that app, an, an apple tort, you know, <laughs> because that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. Yeah, it is an interesting one, though. It really is. Yeah. Be, be, be wary of it. So, if you if you're searching for NCT on Google, yeah, be wary of this. And it you, the, its its name is what? And it's, you see, there's the NCT service that we have here, but this one is called NCCServices.org. Right. So keep keep well away from that. And Dot org would be the giveaway to me. Dot yes, would, would yeah. be yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's a, it's the and the first thing to do is to make sure that when you put an NCT into your into Google, I suppose, um, be careful of the first thing that pops up because they put, they they made sure that they are the first site that comes up, and you have to make sure that you're on the the NC, NCT site proper. Okay. Um, you you will perhaps get a you know a, a slightly quicker um, slot for your NCT. But it's a very, very hefty price to pay for that privilege. Sure is. Thank you. Senna Maloney of the Irish Independent. Keep an eye out for that. You're, you're, they're, they're trawling slots across the NCT system. And they'll do a booking for you. You'll pay them €76 Euro for the privilege. But when you go along to have the test, you have to pay the 55 quid for the test. And Apples have gone to the cops about it. Whether anything will happen, only time will tell. Thank you, Senan. Stories in the Irish Independent today. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six on the teddy bear in Wales. Ian tells me it's it's Stife. Thank you, Ian. Stife or Steve? I wasn't too sure which. Stife. So, a Stife bears go for an absolute fortune. Says this message, especially the vintage ones. Look for the little button. Yeah, yeah. I know. I watch. Too much bargain hunt. <laughs> we all have our vices. I love auction 
TV shows. Dee says, when my brother, I was asking if anything else came into your life that was un, was valuable. You didn't realize it was valuable. When my brother moved to New York, he gave me his record player and records. When I had to move into a flat, I didn't have room for them, so I gave them to a friend. I found out that one of the records was worth a bit of money. Uh, the copy of Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. My God, what an epic album. I asked her if she could give it back. She said she didn't have it. She didn't have I know, I know. I Palawine went back. He was a great um, friend of myself and Fergal's here in the Pirate Radio days. Eamon Littrin, or Rennie B, was his um, his handle on the Pirates. Rennie had this incredible collection of music. I mean, he had everything. And he went back to Trinidad, where he's from. Uh, I know he listens, so good morning, Rennie B. Uh, but he brought down a van load of records and gave them to me. The, the record library we'd had in one of the record radio stations we worked in, he was the record library, and I still have them upstairs, and I wouldn't part them. I'd part with me children first. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. The airport is not closed. No, it's not. Is Cork Airport closed? Someone just texted in to uh, 083 396 Eugene Furlong tells us that the Amsterdam flight due at 10 to 10 came in as normal. Uh, others have diverted to Shannon. That happens when you have a foggy morning and you have an airport built on top of a mountain. Uh, it's a kind of a drawback of having an airport on top of a mountain. But no, the airport is not closed. I'm, I'm fairly sure that if that if um, if it was, Barry Holland would have told me a long time ago this morning. Uh, on the weather, Frank says, will PJ now admit we are in autumn? No, Frank. No, absolutely not. We will be in autumn on the 1st of September and not a day before. And I am unanimous on that, as Mrs Slocum used to say. Oh, no, Frank. Let us not start that argument. Back to the NCT. Dennis is on four. Hi, Dennis. Good morning, PJ. Morning to all and welcome back, PJ. Thank you, holiday. sir. Thank you. Now, I was going to cover the independent part this morning, but uh, that has been well covered now. And just to let people know that the NCT, prior to the uh, uh, pandemic, made six million profit and they have paid 35 million dividend in, so, in payment to, the, to their shareholders. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to make, to give the information to your listeners, and maybe it might help them, I ran into the difficulty whereby <clears throat> my entity was out for so long, and then when I looked to bring my car back onto the road, the insurance company refused to bring the car back onto the road, <clears throat> stating that because the entity wasn't until next year, even though the car is only four years old with 12,000 miles on it, they needed to get an engineer's report. Right. Now, an engineer's report can cost you, depending on the company that you use, anything between 200 to 300 euros. That's right. That's right. So, just to let people know that there is this danger there. Now, I can't really blame my insurance company, and I won't name them, but... Uh, uh, so, I can you had the car had it been off the road for a while or what? Yeah, no, I, if you want to know the details, and then I'll quickly go over to the other points. The details was that the car was a brand new car and the NCT was due within after four years. Yes. So when I employed 
applied for the NCT, there was such a delay and I was going to be out of the country for so long that period of time, I declared the vehicle off the road. Okay. And I transferred my insurance onto another car just to avoid complications of cancelling my insurance. Sure. Okay, so when I came back in July, uh, I said, right, get this NCT done. I applied again, and the NCT is gone into next year. So I got onto the insurance company, and I said, listen, I'd like to bring that first car, which is a newer car, back on the road because I had a lot of driving to do. Uh, Will you transfer from the old car onto the new car? Uh, No. Uh, Sorry about that now, but it's so long since you've had your NCT, we require an engineer's report. Okay? Now, so that cost between 200 and 300, and then they got emailed the report, and yes, they did the insurance. Now, Junior Minister Jack Chambers says that NCT crowd should be fined millions. What I'm saying is that NCT crowd should be sent back to Spain where they came from, and we should vote local, buy local, Mm. And our own garages can do that without all this nonsense that's going on and leaving the door open to scamming because the delays are so great. Now, uh, depending on how you, you look at this problem, I read into the EU European Union competition law. Right. EU competition law states it promotes competition with the EU European single market by regulating anti-competitive conduct by companies to ensure that they do not create cartels and monopolies. And I'm saying to you that this NCT crowd is a monopoly. If you have a problem with your restaurant, your bank, your right. insurance company, you right. can vote with your feet and go to somebody else. Yes. Now, the, the highlights of the European competition guarantee price competition in the market. If NCT tomorrow morning say, yeah, it's going to cost you now 137 euros, there is nothing you can do well, about don't it. Don't they have to have that approved by government if they want to put up the price? Yes, they may, but I'm saying as a customer, you have no option to take your business elsewhere. I see, I see. Now, work towards increasing the number of choice available to consumers. You have no choice with the NCT crowd. You either deal with them or nobody else. Yes. And to promote efficiencies in the market. Do we have efficiencies now within the NCT? The whole thing smacks of corruption. And well, be careful told- with that word now, Dennis. Yeah, well, fair mind, enough. Please. That's my opinion. But, but the point you're making is there's only one yep. company. You don't yep. have a choice. They run Correct. it. Whereas in, and just, okay, Britain, okay, outside the yep. EU, but our immediate neighbours, they have the yep. MOT. And there's any number of garages. Correct. I have a van. I have a van here at the minute, and I can go down to my local DOE centre. That's right. We still do. We, we do it already for vans here. Yeah. Yes, I have read. I have read up on the setting up of a company to do NCT, and we already have companies in this country that comply with everything. And there's no reason we should be dealing with this. Now, here's a question: Seeing as you're someone yes. who does put vans through a DOE, yes. um, and you've put a car, I assume, in your time through an NCT. Yes. Is it the same? No. MOE is way more efficient. They're looking for the obvious stuff that is falling off and that. Now, I talked to uh, a person who was out in Spain. Applause is the company, APPLUS. Applause, yeah. yeah. yeah, I knew I was pronouncing it incorrectly. And he said he went in to get a, an NCT done out in Spain, and it's nothing like the nonsense that goes on in here. Also, it is my opinion, I have a garage, and I'm getting cars in here with suspension damage, and it's very coincidental. It seems to be always after the NCT that these springs and suspensions are getting trouble. Well, of course, because it was a man you'll be familiar with, the great Liam Cotter, um, one of the best yeah. setters in the game. 
spotted what? a whole mistake in the way the suspension test was set up in the NCT, that if, right. if it was completely shagged altogether, it That's would right. pass. If you, if you have both sides flat, yeah. it will pass. But what I'm seeing now is that it's leaking suspensions, coil springs cracking. Uh, I can't prove it, but I've often said to the guy, were you in for an NCT? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're damaging your counter. Well, be but careful about that. Then, yeah, well, just, just, okay. Just I'm going to say that this thing, Jack Chambers, instead of finding a junior minister, get rid of him. There is no reason that our Irish companies can't do the job way more efficiently and we wouldn't be having this nonsense that's going on at the minute. And you're suggesting that the local garage that garage. does your DOE should be yes. just as easy to do my little Dacia Sendero test. Yeah. Yes, because the local garage are also doing buses with 170 oh. people travelling in them. There's your answer. They have the responsibility. Yeah. They're efficient. Shop local. Spend the money in Ireland. This 35 million it won't be going out to Spain and get these people out of the country. Dennis, I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. And thank you for respecting what I asked you to do when I asked you to pull back a little bit. Thanks. 0818 96 96 96. You know, people get very hit up and they want to use words that could lend us all in trouble but thank you Dennis, thank you appreciate that but he makes a very valid point two in fact one, that there's just one company doing it all whether they're Spanish or from outer Gibrovia doesn't matter there's one company doing it all and the local garage can do vans, trucks, buses so we can't take our private car down to the local garage to have our test done down there. There's a lot in what Dennis is saying in that regard. 0818 96 96 96. Back to cashless. About the cashless society that is sneaking up upon us. No matter, says it comes down to the amount the banks charge businesses to lodge cash. The banks don't want cash. Electronic payments are easier for them. Can't take. Thank you, Noel. Uh, Aubrey now you don't hear there are too many Aubreys around, lots of Audreys, but not too many Aubreys. Aubrey, our centre, our local centre, has an only cash till now in Carry Tool. Good to see. Uh, at the Aviva Stadium last year, the electronic transaction system went down during a big event, and all the food and drink had to be given out free. So there's an upside to everything. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. Um, I knew someone, or my daughter knew someone who was working on security at the time, and it was pints and burgers and chips <laughs> going out to beat the new time because the Wi-Fi was down. Kev, I've not carried cash for months each to their own, and I'm in as rural an area as you'll find. Not once have I had a problem. Fair point, Kev. Fair point. I, at the moment, I've got a bit of cash in, in the wallet, and I've got the phone. It's where I use my Revolut off the phone, and I have my cards. And I just like to make a choice. Um, I called in this morning to a shop uh, to buy myself a bottle of water and a bit of fruit. Paid cash. Um, I might go home uh, later on today and I might go to the shop and buy a paper and buy something else and I pay with my phone. I just want the choice. I don't want the choice taken away from me. On coffee, Joan says, on the price of coffee, PJ, if you ask for soya or oat or almond... It's an extra 30 or 40 cents almost everywhere. It's infuriating. Yes. I could be very naughty here, Joan, and say, well, if you're going to draw that kind of awful 
crap on yourself then. But I know some people can't have dairy. I get that. But um, there's the thing. Oat milk. It's not milk. Almond milk. It's not milk. Milk comes out of a cow or a goat or other such things. Or actually camels. That's another thing. It's not milk. Oat flavoured drink, maybe. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Jer on driving tests. When I went to America, I applied for a driving license. On the day I did the written exam, and I went outside to the car with the tester. We sat in. He looked at my Irish license and said, "Pull over to another space there." And he passed me without even doing the test. That was years ago. I'd probably fail here now, says Jer. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. Email opinion at ninety six fm dot ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Coach ninety six fm. I'm jerking your chain. Stop. But the oat milk and the almond milk. I'm yanking your chain. Give over. I come back from my holidays with the New Year's weather. New season's resolution. Um, when I'm yanking your chain, you need to understand I'm just yanking your chain, all right? <laughs> oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Tim, four these flipping bikes are bad enough, but four wheelers. Morning. Good morning. Is that you, PJ? It is indeed, sir. <laughs> it is indeed. Now, e-bikes are e-scooters are all those things. Uh huh. What's what's what have you spotted? Well, I just um, we're here in uh, Bantry and we're working on the design for a little four-wheeled car, electric assist pedal car, mm-hmm. because um, you know they'd be fun and stable, and you could go to the shops in them without getting wet, and people would see you when you're driving down the road. Right. So that will sound quite good, and we're working away on the on the design it's taking a few months already but um, we're getting there and then well is that like a little, a little they call them whiz cars you'll see them in Spain they're little tiny they're like a they're like a, a like a go-kart with a with a roof on it a little bit bigger than that um, uh-huh. you'd sit up right in it and um, yeah you pedal along and the the motor would assist you so you don't have to I mean it wouldn't be for long journeys just, sure you know going to the shops going to work you know, across yeah. town or whatever, but sure. uh, it appears that we're not allowed to in this country um, have four wheels on our e-bike. But in other countries in Europe, we are. So um, that's our challenge because three wheels it's a bit tricky because you, you know you tend to fall over and go around corners. We all remember the reliant Robin. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Even though they were, you know pretty good, but they still went round corners on their sides. So we don't want to do that. Right, okay. And you can't do it? Well, as far as, you see, it's quite difficult to find out for sure. So I wrote to the Ministry of Transport and they uh, forwarded it to Eamon Ryan straight away, the letter saying please can we have clarification because, um, you know, in Sweden and Finland, in the Netherlands, in Italy, in Germany, you can have four wheels. In Ireland, four wheels isn't really mentioned in the new... In, they changed the rules in... or they updated the wording in April of this year. So anyway, I've, and then 
<laughs> because I didn't hear back from Eamon. I um, put the challenge or put the question into the form of a video and put it up on my video uh, YouTube channel. Right. And that was a couple of days ago. So, and that's had 30,000 views since then because people are interested in this. I think we'd sell lots of, either we'd sell the real thing, you know, the whole finished machine, yeah. or yeah. we'd sell the plans for them because people around the world would be interested in making a little wooden vehicle that's safe to drive. Yeah. That was yeah. the plan. Anyway, that's the challenge, VJ. What do you think? All right, you know what? Them what? little things, as long as it goes on the open road, as long as it doesn't go on the pavement, as long as it's not driven by lunatics, <laughs> I'm all for it. Great, yes. Well, it will be speed restricted as well. Yeah. It's the same as a, an e-bike, except it'll have four wheels. Right. A bit, a bit, a bit like a tiny, tiny car. Like, a, yeah. <laughs> yes, like a little bit like a tiny, tiny car, exactly. But not actually so small that it wouldn't be safe. You know. Yeah. Would it be seen? It, it will, because it won't be so low down. You know those recumbent trikes? Yes. Where where somebody's practically lying on the ground. Yes. And they have flags up in the air, don't they? To, but still, people miss them. Because they're so low down. I don't think I fancy one of those. I've never been in one, but I fancy more like a car. Yes. You know? Um, did you ever see a movie called Bugsy Malone? I did, many years yeah. ago, yeah. <laughs> and they had little cars, and they had little friendly little cars. Actually, they were some gangster cars, but you pedaled them furiously, and away you went. But these days, of course, you can have a, a motor to assist you. I see. I see. What's the name of your company so people can take a look? And we'll share your YouTube video, Tim. Oh, that's great. Thanks very much. Um, no, I don't. It's only me. I don't have a. I mean, a company. It's just me and my friends who are. Who are I. I. What happens to PJ is that I. Um, I finally was able to buy some land here with my wife, and I my knees are shot from building work, and I decided. I don't want to go out to work anymore. I'm going to try and make a living here. Yeah. Because we have 12 acres. This right. shouldn't be too difficult. This is a little, so I, a little retirement project for you. Well, except I'm not retired. Mm. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> but oh, no. I well, you to, see, I, if this takes off and if Eamon <laughs> Ryan wakes up, um, you, yeah. might, you might be able to retire, you know? I, I, anything could happen. But <laughs> no, we're not, not holding my breath on that. No, I do all sorts. Of, I, like, I try and enjoy my life. It's, you know, nobody's life last forever yeah so um yeah why not and so i i make my living from doing all sorts of things including this youtube channel okay all so, right tim we'll share the video and we'll see if, what, what people think a little tiny wooden car with basically an e-bike with four wheels would get you around to the shops and just small highly sustainable electrical little thing i think it's a good idea um, and then they get them blasted scooters off. Anyway, don't start, don't start. Thank you, Tim. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, those bubble cars, those little bubble cars in the 50s and 60s, they were categorised as bikes in the UK. I remember we were seeing some stuff from France years ago. Some of the really tiny cars, like they were, they were tiny. They were like slightly bigger than a baby's buggy. And you sit into them. They're, yeah, VSPs, VSPS, they were, a, yeah, yeah, Vatour <clears throat> uh, Sans Permi, that's right. Yes, yes, thanks, Fergal.
Thanks, Fergal. Remember that. Watch your sand per me. They were so small, they didn't need a permit to be on the road. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Now, big night last night. Great celebrations last night at the final of the Best of Cork Awards, which was at La Cabaret. I wasn't able to be there, unfortunately. I was at a funeral. But congratulations to all of the winners. And just some of the people to mention. Three Degrees was Best Hairdresser. Murphy's Rock, Best Bar again. Peaky Barbers was Best Barber. Cork Coffee Roasters, Best Coffee again. Uh, Decent Munch, Best Takeaway. Dennehy's Fitness, Best Gym. Son of a Bun won again. Montanotti, Best Hotel. Uh, Oak Fire Pizza won for Best Pizza. Madra Makeovers was Business Instagram. And at the end of it all, the €5,000 media campaign on Cork's 96FM went to Peaky Barbers, which I always thought was one of the coolest names ever. <laughs> one of the coolest names ever for a barber shop. Uh, Laura O'Mahony spoke to us about it. Laura from uh, Peaky Barbers. I opened in 2018. I was 28 at the time. Um, genuinely didn't know what I was doing, if I'm being honest. So just kind of took a chance. And in 2019, Sarah joined. She previously today, four years today. today. Oh yeah, it's our anniversary. She's four working, years today. Yeah, she's working at Peaky Barbers four years today. So huge celebrations all around. But um, yeah, and then Sarah came on board. So there's four of us in total. We're a very local barber shop, very well known. Um, we care for our clients. Massively, yeah. um, a lot of more friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're friends now, like you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, I just think, look, apart from if I'm not being too big-headed, <laughs> apart from just kind of decent, good haircuts that you're paying for it, then we are, we do have great clean care and just overall kind of awareness for people and yeah everyone is welcome to the shop and that's it really we have one main motto and it's leave your feelings at the door yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I have to ask about the name because I know someone made the the joke that Killian Murphy would be coming up to collect the prize I know know. I'm actually going to jump in here so believe it or not I actually cut Killian Murphy's hair a long time ago before he got famous and then Laura done this believe it or not she never even watched the (laughs) just winging it sorry Killian <laughs> what if he's the next James Bond? Well, he could be. Will he come in for a haircut? Wouldn't it be some picture if it could be arranged? Because he does come back to Cork from time to time. Killian Murphy actually getting his haircut in Peaky Barbers. Now, there's a mission should anyone choose to accept it. Try and get him in for a haircut in Peaky Barbers. Well done, girls. That is, I, I, oh, yeah, in Bantry, talking to Tim Bantry, down in Bantry Bay, boat hire. You'll never guess who's been spotted going out in the boat. Emily Ratatowski. Yes, that, yes, that, yes. Emily Ratatowski spotted going out in the boat at Bantry Bay Boat Hire. 0818 remains open. That's it, though. Programme edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. All the podcasts will be up later on. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.